are listening to the Replant Wife podcast, a refuge for the Replant Wife to be equipped and encouraged for the work God has called her to do. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We're your hosts, Audrea Stewart, Barb Bickford, and Darlene Dreyer. Welcome back to the Replant Wife Boot Camp. We're not on the podcast. (laughs) I love the fact that you listen to your husband's podcast. So much. Oh my gosh. Okay. Welcome to the Replant Wife Podcast. Um, There we go. Not the same as the Replant Boot Camp Podcast, but that, I guess, is an unsolicited advertisement. Okay. Your husbands can go listen. Um, Anyway. So glad to have you guys here with us today. Good morning, Audrey and Darlene. I'm glad we've started off Hello. with a little class. Yes, Hope you absolutely. guys are well. Oh, my word. So we are in the midst of winter. And yes. as a new resident of Tennessee, it is not at all what I expected, for sure. Um, nobody told me what to expect, actually, but I just had my own expectations. Um, so much rain. And somehow I thought it was going to be a little warmer than it is. Um, you know, we moved from St. Louis where winter is actually winter. And so coming to the South, I was like, oh, we're going to have a sunny winter, right? No, we're not. Not at all. At least not this winter. Um, but true, we did get real, real winter weather. Um, a little over a week ago, I guess we got, you know, a blast of snow and ice and frigid temperatures that shut down the whole city. Um, Did that make you feel warm and cozy inside? You know, is that what you wanted? I wasn't even here. I didn't oh, get to experience the wonderful man, snow. Is that, I, oh, I did experience the frigid wet temperatures that were even colder than here. But I, that's when I was on my little road trip to see my kids and my grandkids. And it was so freakishly cold in all of those locations, but no snow, which is a complete ripoff. That so, is so sad. I kind of feel like America went through like a mini ice age that week. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. Everywhere did. Um, yeah, but so, I'm just curious how how's your winter going? Um, okay, is, it ex- so, is it what you expected this season? My oh, my good, I I don't know why I'm shocked every January because okay, so we're in <laughs> North Florida, and it is burning up. Like, and you know, around October, you got all these kids trying to, you know, wear all these Halloween costumes and oh, sweating, yeah. you know, Thanksgiving, you're in shorts, Christmas, you're lucky if you're not in shorts. And then just when you think winter will never come, it's like all the winter has to come in one week. And then it's literally mm-hmm. 80 degrees the next time. So um, I have been trying to work on our budget. So I was telling the children, hey, we're not going to turn on the heater. It'll be fine. Um, except for, you know, the one day that I wait, two days we wake up and it's like 59 degrees in the house and the children are like, Ooh. please, can we and I was like, <laughs> put on a sweatshirt? Like, fine. <laughs> Cause we can't another pair that. of socks. Yeah. Well, because we cannot do without AC in here. Cause you will, you will die because of the humidity and everything. It's awful. So I was like, there's got to be a time that, you know, we can work on, but, um, that That's was so- a lot of unexpected. And then, um, it went to from literally like 40 degrees to 80 degrees the next day. Mm. And tomorrow it's supposed to be 40 degrees again. So I don't even know what to expect with this crazy weather. That's a tornado, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Thank goodness it's not rain because it literally would be. So oh. I don't know. what are How's it going for you, darling? 
Well, for those of you that don't know, I live in Key West, Florida. So we are at the bottom, the dead end of US-1, um, which means for us, it is summer all year round with a little hint of winter in the morning. Um, at, I take that back. There is no hint and of winter. And by winter, you we mean have fall. Like, yes. Yeah. It was like 65 degrees one morning and I was posting pictures to everybody. We were wearing sweaters. However, we still went to the beach that day. So yes. like our... We just, I mean, we're on a two by four mile island. Like it's really hard not to be end up at the beach at some point during your day. Um, right. So, that's yeah, funny. but that's like in the morning. Like, so by mid afternoon, it's summer again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like make plans to like go to the snow. Like everybody else yeah. is like, let's get out of the snow. And we're like, I can't wait. Who has the cheapest flight to from Key West to, you know, like Colorado or like there's like these right. flash sales, right? Like, and so we're like, okay, where can we go to see snow last minute? So that's, we kind of like are like you guys backwards, which right. kind of makes a lot of sense. Key West people, we are just a little backwards. So, and so <laughs> oh. the, I think like he kind of like is oppressive and like, it just makes us think differently. I don't know. It's still um, oppressive so that even is, in the winter? Oh, yeah. Um. Uh, Okay, so we've had a lot of rain recently, which is abnormal for us. But I will tell you today, um, oh, I don't know. I just, I'm sitting here like looking at my phone and um, I got a a message from somebody and it's a picture she took of her 14 year old son who is at the beach sitting in a lawn chair with a hood, like a beanie on. Like, so he's wearing like a sweater and a beanie and it's like, that's like our life. So I guess it's it's not oppressive, but it's sunny enough to be out at the beach. I mean, even being in Northeast Florida, like I remember distinctly, my parents came to visit us a couple of years ago and we um, got a snowman kit off of uh, Target and um, it was like the little plastic things you would put in. And we straight up made like a sand snowman. So a sand I love it. You've just kind of like, you know, get, I mean, it, it is weird being in um, Florida at Christmas yeah. time. It's like, this yeah. is not how I pictured it. You know, right. this is not what I thought it was going to be like. You yeah, know, yeah, for it's sure. It's much Crazy. like me planting. It is not what you imagined. <laughs> or expected. And yes. let's, so on that note, um, let's talk about how today we're continuing in a, our three-part series on longevity. Um, and if you didn't catch part one on the first 90 days, you may want to go back and listen. Um, but hopefully it will be, um, you know, help you as you launch into your replant or um, at least show some solidarity in situations you may have experienced as well. Um, Today, we're going to talk about expectations because truly in life, expectations, like we all have them and um, Mm -hmm. sometimes they're verbalized and sometimes they're not. But we're going to talk specifically about managing expectations. What What does that look like in our replant? I apologize for the train that you probably hear in the background, but that's where I live. I didn't expect that either. Um, just <laughs> FYI when I'm here. <laughs> um, anyway, Darlene, I would love to hear your thoughts on expectations. Well, I will take a direct quote out of your blog that you posted um, about managing expectations. You did a Google search and it said, expectations mm-hmm. are a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. And I think some of these are like, subconscious or conscious like you don't know that you have these expectations it's almost like when that doesn't happen 
then you realize that you had expectations. Um, right. I'll, one of my examples, so we were North American missionaries um, in planting before we are in our current ministry. And one of the, it's just such a great visual. You go and you plant a church and in your mind, you might not know this or not might be able to evoke vocalize this or put it into words. But in your mind, and a lot of other people are thinking you're planting a church and it will be a brick and mortar church when you're done. Like the original 1950s right. steeple with the white columns in the front, like that's like a successful plant, right? A brick and mortar something. Um, and so into getting into the replant, um, getting into the plant a couple years into it, we decided to merge our plant with another um, existing church. And so you walk away from that and you didn't realize that you were, you had a goal to have a steeple, but when you walk away and you <laughs> didn't have the steeple, it was yeah. kind of, you felt like a failure almost. Right. And so you had to like come to grips with, was I obedient with what the Lord had asked me to do? Yes, yes, I was. And so I, I, you have to kind of erase those um, expectations from your mind so that you can fully experience the blessings that the Lord has for you. Um, how that affects my taking that perspective and into my replant situation, um, taking into consideration, I do live on a tropical island. My church here, as I revitalize it, will never look like a church in Nashville. Um, traditional, um, you know, columns and well, we have columns and steeples here. Um, but as far as like, what's happening on the mainland is not going to be what's happening here on this tropical island with the merge of cultures. We're very Cuban um, and Haitian um, and we have military. So it's a kind of like a melting pot. And so we have to accommodate um, a lot of different cultures at one time. And so it's not going to look like a mainland Haitian church and it's not going to look like a mainland Cuban church. Um, and it's not going to look like a mainland, you know, Caucasian church. It's going to be different. Um, and so I think coming into that and understanding like our music is going to be different. Our um, aesthetics are going to be different. Our signage is going to be different. The way people greet people here is going to be different. Um, and so managing those expectations of um and trying to have a, an open conversation of what, what do you think it's going to be like in five years? So that way you kind of can get those pictures out into the open and then deal with them and kind of get them out and set them to the side. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, and it's so that you can move forward with an open heart and open mind of what the Lord wants to happen at your replant. So good. So good. Um, as you know, as the replant pastor's wife, um, your church members also will have expectations. You know, I appreciate you sharing your personal expectations of what your ministry life has looked like in a couple of different ways. Um, but it's important to know that your church members most life likely will have certain expectations for you just because you are the replant pastor's wife. Um, sometimes you'll know exactly what they are because they are going to come right up to you and tell you, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which may yeah. also include some instruction for you. Um, and that's okay. Um, but at other times their expectations are going to be unspoken. So this is where things can get a little tricky. Um, a couple years into our replant, I had just such an occasion, um, or a situation. I should say there is a lady in our church who was a friend of ours, um, she had taken on the role of leading our children's ministry. She was really good at it. She brought so much to it, worked really hard to make kids ministry great for the kids that were there. Um, and she started from 
ground zero because when we came there, the average age of um, the church members were, was about 70. And so there were no children. But the people okay. that came to help replant, they were the young families that either had children or were having them. And so she, as a mom of two at the time, and then um, yeah, I guess just two at the time while she was there, um, it was a big deal to her. It was important to have a good quality kids ministry, and she was really good at it. So she created a great space for our kids. Um, she had served in volunteer members, ministry roles in the past in previous churches she had been involved in and had been a believer for a very large part of her life. Um, so we, you know, placed a lot of trust in her. Um, she and her family were a part of the small group that we led in our home. So, you know, she, they, she was in our home a lot. Our daughter babysat for them and just spent time at their home for fun. Um, you know, we were doing life together. But unfortunately, unbeknownst to me, she had a great deal of expectations for me that I was not fulfilling. Now, keep in mind, there was no way that I could because they were unspoken expectations. I did not know that she had them. I was just very unaware of them. Um, and it had come to a head after a certain amount of time. There were some um, different situations that came up in church that I had asked her about or um, other people you know, I'm not going to, I don't necessarily need to give specifics, but things had come up. And so this, this, all her frustration with me came to a head. We had um, a meeting in my backyard, you know, both of our husbands were there and um, another pastor friend was there and she just unleashed this verbal attack on me that was so physical, so vicious that I, I really felt it physically. Um, it literally knocked me back in my chair. Um, for me, it was kind of, it, it felt out of the blue. Um, I was just shocked. I was astonished. I couldn't even believe it. But obviously for her, these things had been brewing off under the surface for quite a, quite a while. And she just couldn't contain them anymore. And, um, they came bursting out on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't tell you if I handled it the best way or not. Uh, I mean, I didn't really handle it at all that day. I, um, you know, it was, it was pretty traumatic, but in the days going forward, figuring out how do I, how do I handle this? What could I have done differently? And literally it was years before I kind of got to the mental space where I could say, okay, what could I have done differently? How can I help people who might end up in this same um, situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, maybe I could have prevented it, maybe not. Um, but maybe I could have prepared myself or something like that. And I, I think like there, the point is, um, people will have expectations for of you and sometimes they'll be unspoken. So communicating clearly what your role is in, in the church, mm-hmm. um, as the pastor's wife, as a volunteer, as a friend to the people in church, communicate that you can't, you can't communicate that enough. Also, um, sharing with people what your expectations for yourself are and what your expectations of other church members is, is very important. And asking them to communicate their expectations of you and of themselves as a church member. Um, You know, that kind of, all that good communication can lay the foundation for a smoother path. It doesn't mean that you have to live up to those expectations when you know what they are. They can still be unrealistic and, you know, but then, but what it does is it gives you an avenue for conversation. It doesn't mean 
um, you know, you'll never encounter something like this at all, but it, you know, it can just give you a way to be prepared for it. And I think that that's a great, like having that communication and that's like a three-way communication. What do I expect of myself? Mm-hmm. What do I expect of others? And what mm-hmm. do others expect of me? And then having mm-hmm. that open dialogue just mm-hmm. solidifies what you're doing. And so then when you do get the verbal attack, you you already can have like a pre-planned response, right? right. So I in um, a similar situation, it was our pastor search committee um, that when we were hired, they said they asked me what do I see that I'm going to do? And I was very easily able to say my first and foremost priority is my home, being a wife to my husband, then being a mother to my children. And then if I can do those two things successfully or, you know, to the standard in which my family has decided is okay, then I will use my spiritual gifts in the church as I feel the Lord leading. And so later when the expectations of members started coming out that I wasn't doing enough or that the last pastor did this, you know, all that kind of stuff, I could reiterate Mm -hmm. my planned response of, well, here's my priority. And I'm just not at that point where I can offer that um, in this season. So I, firmly agree with having the verbal communication of those three expectations. And I think the only way that that is possible is if you are confident in the way that the Lord has created you to be. Yeah. Like you, Mm -hmm. you've got knowing yourself, you know yourself, like we talked about in the last podcast bar, you're talking like going into it. You're like, I know I'm an introvert. I'm going to need some time to like read you. And that's how God created me. That's not a Mm -hmm. deficit. That's not um, anything wrong with me. It's, it's literally just my DNA, how I'm made. And then also too, like, what has God actually called you to do in this season? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I had to, I ha- am still having to learn the hard way is just because there's a hole does not oh. mean that I have to fill it. Um, yeah. I'm going to say that again for you, dear friend, if you're listening, just because there is a hole in your ministry, and these holes can look like lots of things. It can be um, in a specific like children's ministry. It can be um, if you're gifted on praise team, if women's Bible study, VBS, um, if it's a friendship, you know, and they're like, that person doesn't have a friend. I should be their friend. Girl, you might not mm-hmm. have any space for any more friends. Like, and that's okay. You are their pastor's wife. You can't mm-hmm. be everybody's best friend. Not everybody's right. because you don't have the bandwidth for that. It doesn't mean that you can't love them and all this kind of stuff, but right. there's only a certain amount of people and attention that you can can give to in a day. Um, because the danger here is like you're going to feel like you have to be all things to all people. And even if you succeed in that, you're going to end up being like the replacement God for some people. Um, you're going to feel like, oh, it's if it is to be, it's up to me. It's not. <laughs> Um, you got to leave room for what the Lord's calling you to do. Um, talking about those previous pastors' wives, bless them. You know, like they probably weren't even as great as these people are remembering. You know what I mean? Like, and they're not in the time that they are right now. Who knows what they're like now and what they would be with these crazy church members? I mean, I'm sorry, wonderful, blessed, precious church members that you have been gifted with. Um, and, and, so, and we like every time we leave a church. The congregation is talking about us. 
Yes. Right. Like, oh yeah. What did we? What kind of impact did we make? So yes. I hope that they talk about me when I leave as positively as they're mm-hmm. talking about the previous pastors. Yes. Wife, exactly. You know? And there's a danger too with us and with you know, the past is always can be romanticized. Does yeah. that make sense? Rose colored glasses. Is Rose that what it's? Rose colored glasses. It can be a situation like that, but also too like you, sweet pastor wife friend, replant pastor wife. You you are called to such a time as this right now mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. that previous pastor's wife not her giftings whatever you have to bring to the table and you've got a lot to bring um and this is going to look a lot different depending on your season like i said when we came to um, the ministry that i'm able to do right now with a 16 14 and 12 year old is a lot different than when we came to our replant with a six-year-old mm-hmm. a four-year-old and a two-year-old still doing like potty training like that that's mm-hmm. a lot um, now, yeah. you know, we're kind of like a fine old machine, you know, we come in and we bring a lot. It's going to look a lot different in six years when I'm an empty nester. I don't even know right. what life's going to look like. And here's the thing. It's like, um, <laughs> whenever I it's would, like a boomerang, I hear they come back. I hear, I hear. Yeah. I don't think they're times. Yes. Um, but I remember during that time when I was so, um, when I had littles, uh, my past, I was just a youth pastor's wife then. And I went and talked to my pastor's wife cause I felt like. Um, I would look around and I would take the best parts. The worst expectations I ever had to deal with were the expectations I put on my own little self. Mm-hmm. It oh, wasn't yeah, like the ones that people state or the ones that you feel, um, you know, pressure, real or imagined, but the ones that I had, of, I should be doing this. Like, oh, Barb is so good at this. I should be doing that. Darlene is so good at that. Oh, I need to be a pastor's wife like her. I'm like, no, I needed to be the pastor's wife that God called me to be. And my pastor's wife pulled me aside and she was like, look, Audrea, she's like, the most important ministry, like you were saying, Darlene, in your life right now is ministering to the people within your four walls. Yeah. You got to take care of your yeah. husband. You got to take care of your kids. Cause at the end of your days, that's really who you're going to be having to um, stand accountable for. Now, right. this can be taken to extreme. You can be crazy woman running around with a chicken, like her head cut off, you know, that kind of thing, doing all the things. Or you can be like, no, I can't possibly do anything. Cause I have to No, there has to be a balance based on your needs, based on your church, based on your personality. Um, so you can do something. <laughs> You have to do something, but you can't do everything. And so I would just think that just as far as like really at the end of the day, no matter what expectations anybody else has for you, the biggest expectation you need to figure out is what does God want for you? What is his calling on your life in this season, at this church, and not just for them and not just for the people in your life, but for your own sanctification? Like what is yeah. God trying to chisel out in your own heart? What are you, What is he calling you to? What is he pushing you out of? Um, what is he stretching you for in this point? Yep. I, I also want to like add to that the when people start talking about the pastor's wife stuff that days gone by, right? We can take it so personal that we aren't that person. Yep. But also, I think we can also look at those examples of like the capacity that we could have. Mm-hmm. And here's here's why I say that. I um I am not academic. I'm not an academically based person. Um, I am a more of a free spirit. Um, let's just see where the wind blows and we'll get there. Um, so one of the things that a pastor's wife previous to me, um, she had her doctorate. And that was like, whenever anybody would say that, I'm like, wow, that's totally not me. That I'm, that's really impressive that she did that. Like, I really don't even know how she did it. Um, but it was like, it, it never even like clicked with me that 
they were ever saying that I should get mine, right? But they, there was like the dialogue just kept playing over and over and over. And um, I was, I, I had a master's degree um, in um, Christian counseling, and I, it just the the thought just kept coming back, and I realized like this is something that is possible, and just those little chirps of the people around me and hearing that a pastor's wife, like, cause in my head, I'm like, what is the financial return on that? It won't financially help my family. <laughs> like I will just be getting this degree to help me do what I'm already doing better. Like, why would I do that? But that conversation landed me in school again. And I did get a doctorate in counseling and if those ladies didn't say that about the previous pastor wife, I don't think I would have, it would have even crossed my mind yep. that it was a possibility. And um, so here I am. And I feel like the Lord has really used that education a hundred times over. It was the best financial investment yep. I could have made on the way I could serve the Lord at the local church. So sometimes these things that they say about the previous pastor's wife is and encourage they they might not have had the intention for it to be an encouragement however <laughs> it might be the encouragement or the direction or something if we just i think barb you talk about it like having an open mind and an open heart and just to have a new lens like they aren't trying to attack me that this is not an attack against me you know none of those things if we could just have a different perspective a different lens to look through their comments um yeah. And we might end up being better for it. Well, and again, it goes back to like this. You're going to this church because you're called to it. Your husband's called to it. They need change. But girl, you also need change too. And sometimes church members are really harsh. And just like you're, I mean, it's a, it's a family, right? And so yeah. I will, I distinctly remember Magnolia was two. If you've ever met my daughter, she is spitfire and she has been from the day she's been born. And it was a really rough transition for, my, for us from um, New Orleans to Jacksonville. And I had this, um, she was not a friend at that time. I'll put it that way. Um, but she's ended up being a very close friend, almost like mother figure to me. But she pulled me aside and she said, look, I don't know if it's because she's the third and you're tired, but you need to do something about this. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I obviously was offended. I was hurt. But it really kind of like opened my eyes of like, huh, maybe I do need to do something like this. I've been all up in my feelings. And I've just been kind of letting, you know, my own personal feelings and I had kind of like neglected some pretty key discipline things that we needed to. So, but had I just, you know, cried about it and complained about it and talked to everybody else about it, except the Lord, I never would have, you know, taken, you know, those words to heart and, and mm -hmm. made those changes. Does that make sense? Like, so. It does. And yeah. I. I feel like, I feel like that's not a great start mm -hmm. to the sentence. Okay. So what you did there was reflection and it shows great emotional maturity and we don't, we're not born with emotional maturity. It's like, we have to be exposed. To, oh, there's that train again. I love yeah. to hear your train. Unexpected. I love it. <laughs> Unexpected. <laughs> So, oh, man. so when we reflect on different situations that are happening in our lives and we can walk away better off or like we can walk away and reflect and be like, yeah, I'm not going to give that comment any mind. Um, or I like, oh man, that comment, like she's, she's right. You know, and being able to emotionally maturely evaluate those things, those take time. 
And the Lord's got to put us in situations to give us the opportunity to reflect and respond. So if nobody ever said anything to us, where would our growth be? Exactly. Right. So just because there's the expect somebody's putting that expectation out there, like, hey, maybe you should get your doctorate or, hey, maybe you should get your two-year-old <laughs> control. It's a little much. Like it's it's the opportunity for you to take that to the Lord. And instead of getting bitter about it, make it, I mean, because Darlene, you could have taken that whole, all those conversations, like they think I'm not enough. They think I'm whatever. Right. And yeah. Then, Stop thinking the worst about everybody and really take it to God and say, hey, God, you created me in my mother's womb. You know me better than I know myself. This is what I'm hearing. What do you have to say about this? Um, right. And then what should I do with that information? And so because um, I think I think the talk a lot of times about these expectations is like, girl, you do you. Who cares about expectations? But no, I mean, we are called to grow in, in faith yeah. and love. So this is really great. Um, Audrey, I'm, you really wrapped that up for us. And Barb, that um, blog that you wrote was dead on with, I think, the majority of us replant wives um, that deal with what do people want from me, but really how can we be who God created us to be? And that is going to serve our church the best way. Um, and I love the three parts, communicate with others, your expectation for yourself, your expectation for others, and listening for their expectation of you so that you can be honest in a reflection and a response. Um, yep. Ladies, Next time we are together, we are going to be talking about the third um, blog post in this series that Barb wrote, and it is about finding rest in the ministry. If we're going to have longevity in the ministry that God has called us to, we are going to have to find rest. So stay tuned, stick around, log back in um, when we come out with the podcast on rest. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining the Replant Wife podcast. I pray this is a refuge for your heart and a place to be equipped and encouraged for the work God has called you to do.